What is up guys and girls, welcome to episode number 120 of the Nonsense Review. I am your host as always, Devon, and joining me equally as always is Rick. Hello everybody. Today we are going to tackle the original pilot episode, no sorry, not even the pilot, the first episode of the uh, of the Wacky of the Waces. Yeah, we've basically purposefully, behind the scenes, we've purposefully picked something short today because one, we've got a lot of news because we've got two weeks to catch up upon, and also if you live in the UK, it's hot as balls, we're suffering a heat rave real early this year. Here we are. Oh, we are. It's not fun for anyone. And even though we are, we have reached a heat that is not exactly uh, groundbreaking for people in other parts of the world. Our country is not built to deal with it. Uh, our houses are meant to keep every single fraction of a degree that they come into co- contact with. Again, behind the scenes, I live next to a train station. In case people didn't know that already, I'm pretty sure I brought it up before. I have to have the windows shut when we record, which you know the, the temperatures we've got are tolerable with windows open and fans on, but uh, provide very very poor audio for a podcast. But yes, enough about our woes of the of the weather, which will surely abate at some point. Those of you familiar with podcasts know that what we like to do is briefly touch upon our weeks and the goings on in the wide wide universe. But we are in the month of June, which means we're in the uh, the month of Pride, which means uh, we're adding an additional little feature, and that is just shining a, a bit of a spotlight on the rainbow. Uh, this week, our yeah. chosen category is creators. So take it away, Rick. I'm going to start. I had a honourable mention because I was sure he was on the rainbow somewhere, but I couldn't find enough details one way or the other and it was one Hamish Steele um, because I couldn't find enough details I've had to fall back on one Indy Stevenson that's Nate Diana Stevenson one of uh, we've spoken about him before he's the creator of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power he's going to come into our um, circle of influence once again come next month when Nimona is out rather annoyingly it comes out on the very last day of June which is a recording day for us at least but yeah, yeah. It means when we actually review it, it won't be Pride anymore. But hey ho, yeah. diddly do. <laughs> uh, fun fact: while I was doing a bit of research, Rick, because I too was going to nominate N.D. Stevenson. Mona's actually been around since 2015, and this is just a film adaptation of said uh, uh, said comic. Yeah. Uh, speaking of comics, uh, he also wrote Lumberjanes, which was published by Boom Studios, which are the studio that make the current Power Rangers comics. Well, fair do. So I thought it was pretty neat. Absolutely. Um, and also appeared in Critical Role if you're a fan of that. But yeah, that's my pick of the rainbow who is yours uh yes uh, again peeling back the curtain before we started today i told rick just say whoever you want because i suspect we're going to say the same person and we were going to yes <laughs> so uh my pick instead goes to rebecca sugar yes also a good pick absolutely uh according to wikipedia because that's as far as i'm gonna dive because i'm not creepy they are a non-binary bisexual which is firmly in rainbow territory um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they are currently married to uh, their spouse who uh, they've apparently been in a relationship for eight years but I've only been married for uh, four so yeah uh, for those of you who don't know who Rebecca Sugar is they created Steven Universe and before that they worked uh, as a background artist I want to say uh, on Adventure Time yeah sounds about right so yeah apparently Marceline the Vampire Queen was uh, influenced heavily by Rebecca Sugar so mm. you know that's cool uh, if that wasn't cool enough again she created Steven Universe which is the subject of our non-stop review every Wednesday haha <laughs> plug 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 <laughs> and uh, uh, and yeah, I think we picked two pretty solid representatives of the rainbow there, Rick. Yeah, we did. A- again, we'd like to touch upon our going the goings-on in Wide Wide World and what we've done. So, Rick, how's your week been, buddy? Well, there's two weeks to go, so there might be a few things. We saw the Spider-Verse, and I believe you have too. Yes, we can both t- talk about this. So, uh, spoilers for the Spider-Verse. I think this was meant to have been a series, and because Sony doesn't have a st- streaming platform, they made it into a movie. Because the, the setup of at least like the first
first half of the movie feel, felt very episodic. And I say that in the best way possible because it was the part of the movie that I liked the best. I mean, I, I liked the big giant uh, chase scene, which I think is probably what most people gravitate towards too. In fact, I actually found the origin stories to be quite boring. Um. <laughs> okay, but I, I like how they're campy in the blah, 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 radioactive spider, you know the rest. Oh yeah, no, I meant specifically with uh, with Gwen and Miles. Like, It's something we touched upon in the first Spider-Verse film, which I'm not going to lie, apart from the big plot point of Miles being a Spider-Man, it feels like you could have just completely ignored the first Spider-Verse film. To a degree, but skipping ahead quite a lot. Uh, the thing that they kept very quiet is the fact that, oh yeah, this is not the only sequel that they're doing, to the point that there was a big to be continued at the end. I mean, okay, you watched this earlier than I did. I already knew after day one that, uh, by the way, there's another Spider-Verse film, which means this film's not finished. So I knew that going in, and I think that softens the blow quite a bit. That being said, this is a two-hour, 20-minute runtime, and that's a long time to have a film that's not finished. Yeah, we were getting to the two-hour mark, and we're like, man, nothing looks to be getting wrapped up yet, and most of the um, the Spideys from last film have not appeared yet, and then they do in like the final scene, and that's it. Final shot was the killer shot. I fucking loved it. I loved the fact that Penny Parker, uh, uh, Spider-Noir, and even fucking Porker um, were just yeah. like in Spider -Ham. the... Yeah, they were just in the fucking final shot, and it's just like, the implication being, they didn't even question anything. Gwen just turned up at their doorstep and said, yo, Miles is in trouble? And they're like, oh, he's a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> But the thing that really sealed it was we went to see it like early in the first week of uh, coming out. So I've done my best to steer clear of um, of spoilers. And we got the fact that when, when this happened, someone in the cinema just went, you're joking, really loudly. And <laughs> cracked up laughing. In case you didn't know, guys, Rick's Northern. <laughs> I'm the least Northern Northerner, which is weird. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. You've heard my folk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I described your father quite often as as just Wallace. Um, yes. <laughs> I got spoiled on two things going into this film uh, and neither were really big spoilers so I didn't really give a shit. One that mm, was mm. that Spider-Punk is featured quite heavily which I was happy to hear because I love Spider-Punk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing was that Peter B. Parker which is the old man uh, Parker who, well he's not old but he is old compared to what age Peter usually is. Like he's not 15 like the rest of the cast. Yeah, dad bod Spidey. Yeah, um, he's got little Mayday with him. Um, yeah, he does. And there was a brief interview clip that was basically just saying, oh, originally we wanted Tobey Maguire to voice him, but we didn't want people to get confused. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to say. And I will tell you this, Sony Studios, specifically the studio that worked on Spider-Verse, they used their live action ties perfectly. Mm. The colorway to Venom, fucking hilarious. Loved it. Yeah, that was great. Like, you had to know what you were looking at to realize what you were looking at. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I absolutely adored, oh, fuck me, I've forgotten his name, but the live action Prowler, oh, fuck what's his name Donald Glover I adored that because everyone seems to forget that his character name in the first Disney Spider-Man film was Aaron because he's the Prowler in that and we get to see him dressed up as full Prowler in full Prowler gear granted it was only for like two seconds but I loved it it was awesome <laughs> and yeah uh, Miguel O'Hara Spider-Man 2099 a lot more sympathetic in the actual film than what the trailers portrayed yeah he's given the role of antagonist and he performs it perfectly in the film uh, and yet you know I thought he was a prick but, you know, you're kind of meant to when you're meant to be rooting for Miles. He, he is a prick, absolutely. But what he said, from his point of view, he is entirely justified. And you know how I always say I'm sick of villains being sympathetic? 
This is how you do it, by having them not be a villain, just being a bit of a dick. Yeah, you have a dick who is the antagonist, and uh, they don't see themselves as a villain because they're kind of not. They're just a knob. <laughs> it's one of those where Miguel... Miguel is basically fulfilling the role of the TVA in the Marvel shows, and mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. self-appointed sole curator of the Spider-Verse timeline, as it were. The problem is, I'm convinced that he is entirely wrong, and that he's missed something, but the problem is, he's doing this all on his own. He's got no one to input and tell him, well, maybe that's not the case. Maybe this, maybe that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the thing that I can see as him being his failing is that he went to the wrong timeline and tried to take it for his own, and that's what probably made it collapse. Fuck me, where's Madam Web when you need her? Uh, in an upcoming movie, apparently. But yeah, that was our mini retrospective on the Spider-Verse. Uh, or across the Spider-Verse, sorry. The other thing that I've been doing is uh, I've been mucking around with VR. I've uh, unearthed my old phone and I've been using my Oculus Gear VR headset. I'm trying to make it work as just a repeater for my PC. Hasn't worked great so far, but hopefully I can get something going with it. Uh, didn't want to do that after about halfway through the two-week period because it was so hot that I didn't want something on my face. That's fair. This is kind of in response to the Apple goggles being revealed as... Uh, a $3,500 headset and uh, yeah it looks cool however you know how Apple be they pretend like nothing else exists so uh, yeah hopefully a uh, a future generation of this product might be affordable by you know the masses yeah it'd have to not have the Apple logo on it that's all <laughs> yeah and on to the universe Doug Cockle he's the game Geralt of Rivia and he is a staunch transgender ally um, seems to have caught prostate cancer in the, veil- in the early enough stages to receive treatment so wishing him well and a uh, as close as you can hope for to a good recovery uh, the, the silver lining with that is prostate cancer when caught early is uh, actually very treatable uh, that's why yeah. people are quite vocal about getting your ass checked when you reach a certain age as a man yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah speedy recovery indeed Bioware uh, losing Star Wars The Old Republic is going to be turfed off to a third party while Bioware themselves focus more on games that they're actually making okay <laughs> and as another thing related to Bioware they made a a Dead Shepherd statue. Have you seen this? I'm completely oblivious to all of the game news. Okay, so they released the first of many statues without communicating that it was the first of many. So it was the only one that they've released recently and it's just Shepherd, Femshep, floating in space, dead, with uh, a piece of Normandy SR1 as the base, emulating the opening of Mass Effect 2. This is a shitty statue and after a day they took it off sale saying, yeah, we should have uh, told you that this was meant to be a series of statues. Yeah. (laughs) That's an odd choice. Like... For the, for the first one, it's a real funny choice. Even if it even if it wasn't the first one, I can't imagine people getting excited about this when it got revealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we what else we got? We got uh, Twitch and Reddit. So Reddit now wants an average of around $3 a month per user for external apps. Uh, users went dark in protest and the CEO just came back saying it didn't affect our bottom line in a significant way for the two days that you did it. However, that does, that does reveal that it did affect the bottom line just he was he's able to say it's not significant yeah it was one of these weird things where it's called the reddit blackout here's the problem with the reddit blackout uh not everyone partook in it uh mm-hmm. like there was many subs that were still open and i gotta be honest with you i don't think there's anything the user base can do to change the um uh, the ceo's mind or the the company's mind bar mass migration i think what they have done is made them relax the criteria on moderation apps well here's the thing as well rick uh, 
um, and I don't know if you've got this written down or not, there were some subs that were forcibly reopened during the blackout. Oh, man. Where um, what happened was they basically stripped the moderators of their moderation status and in, implanted new ones, and they just reopened the subs. So there was, some, there was some subterfuge on the part of Reddit, allegedly. I also know of some subreddits that have been completely closed because of complete lack of moderation. That's always been a thing. Um, so, like, if you, if you don't have moderators, then it goes away. Uh, so you can't even take control of it by offering to moderate it. The Twitch one, it nukes content creators' ability to make money without them, and there's a $25 fee if they don't agree to the new term. Uh, they say they went back on it, and then didn't. terms and conditions have not changed in any way. Yeah, I think the big one was uh, it seems harmless if you don't know what's going on, but uh, it was essentially a certain percentage of the screen size could not be taken up by basically the, the streamer's UI, which for a lot of streamers could include advertisers, Yes, which is bollocks. Yeah, because most money that streamers make these days is through their own individual sponsorships yeah, rather than through the Twitch uh, the Twitch partner program, which gives you a fraction of a percent of what you actually, you know, get donated in bits or whatever. Yeah, YouTube and Twitch and pretty much any com- uh, streaming service, if you if your source of income is just them, you can't live off of it. Unless you're like the top 0.01% of, uh, of content creators, in which case you're still doing the sponsored ad reads and sponsored content. You're just, you know, choosing the ones that you want to do and want to interact with and want to actually promote rather than having to do Raid Shadow Legends. Cause Damn it! I was just going to say, and on that though, have you tried Raid Shadow Legends? <laughs> have I fucked? <laughs> 20th of October is the Spider-Man 2 game release date. Yay! Yeah. And in other game news, Toriyama's other manga, Sandland, is getting a game. I don't care. It looks cool. It's not Dragon Ball Z. It can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it looks cool, but oh well. In Sega news, Persona 3 Remake and Persona 5 Tactics got uh, leaked early and now have been actually advertised at the uh, the Xbox presentations. I hear the same complaint again and again about Persona 3. Oh, yeah. Um, their official stance on combining the two extra things that you can get with different versions of the game, that is, being the female main character on Portable, uh, which is now which is the version you get on the PC, or having the answer, which is a full extra, like, full-on mini mini game, like proper DLC-sized chapter from the, uh, the PS2 re-release. Neither of those will meet, and neither of those are going to be in this game. Which, you know, it's a remake. Put some fucking effort into it, lads. Yeah, their stance on that is, if you want the extra content from that version of the game, buy that version of the game and play it. Not really applicable to the one from the PS2. Absolutely. So this is what this is what I'm saying. Atlas has given you full-on permission to pirate their shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can't buy that shit no more. They said if you want to play it, go out and get it. Okay, cool. Yo ho fiddly D, I'm off to uh, Redacted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That being said, I am intrigued by the concept of a tactics Persona game. Yeah, it looks like the kind of like the art style of um, Persona Q, but it's specifically the Persona 5 cast. And they go, to, it's basically the same idea as the Muso, where they go to another world, there's another like couple of OCs that they interact with, and you have, instead of palaces, you've got something else which might just be castle which is just palace with another name yeah yeah <laughs> we're not toppling a kingdom we're tackling an empire it might as well actually kingdoms is a pretty good name for it like palaces as the heart of the kingdom and that's why they need the tactics level of extra dudes on the field other sagan news we have sonic superstars revealed which looks fun what does this mean because they do this sort of thing it feels like every five years of sonic all-stars sonic generations is it a compilation is it a celebration is it a new thing what's the deal it's a new thing it's a 
It's meant to be kind of like a sequel to Mania, but made by the main team, using 3D graphics but keeping the physics of old old school Sonic, which is an absolute godsend, because last time they tried to make a new game, the 2D Sonic physics were garb. How do you fuck up 2D Sonic physics? <laughs> yeah, like, you made it! <laughs> Why try to win, reinvent the wheel? It's like, just like, oh, If a ROM hacker can do it, and make a more wildly successful game than the main team makes in a 3D game, hmm! But yeah, looking forward to it. Hope it's good. And Fantasy Star has officially updated to version 2.0, adding houses and cell shading, and that's it. I mean, houses are a pretty big deal. It is. You can terraform your own little island. I've seen some really cool things that people have done with it. But the big thing I want to point out is, fucking hell, Yoshi P, pull your finger out. Yeah, like, you've got that stupid not Animal Crossing island that you can't terraform, haven't you, in 14. I was so disappointed with that shit. Yeah, I've been to it once. <laughs> it is just a time sink. Yeah, yeah. Last couple of things. Uh, Marsden Hefner, he's uh, Hugh Hefner's son, one of the young ones, not one of the 70-year-old ones, <laughs> is currently selling nudes on OnlyFans to pay for his addiction. And his addiction is to rare Pokemon cards. That was not the way I saw this going, truth be told. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually kind of wholesome. No, I'm, but here's the thing, right, Rick? Uh, again, OnlyFans isn't automatically porn, although considering he's related to Hugh Hefner, I'm going to assume it's porn. Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, he draws the line at the level of tasteful nudes that he can post on OnlyFans because okay. he doesn't want to go into full-on porn because he's uh, he's basically seen the line. He's seen the line between like normalization of nudity, which was just a thing in his household, and full-on creation of pornography, which was a line that Playboy tried not to cross. I respect that uh, an immense amount because I've always been a proponent of um, nudity does not automatically equal sexual. Yeah, totally. He's comfortable enough without this, but this is basically fueling his uh, quote-unquote addiction. Like He's not actually addicted, he just likes them. Uh, what he's trying to get are some, like, test print beta cards uh, from when they, like, create a new set and, um, like, have some cards that they circulate and play test with. Okay, you see, that's fucking dedication. I fucking admire that sort of collection. Not like the... Like, Logan Paul's got fuck you money. Uh, there's no denying that. And, like, he basically got a world record for spending the most amount of money on a Pokemon card, which is a made-up fucking record anyway. I could just... Uh, if you have the money, you could just go up to someone and say, I'm gonna give you one million pounds for this Pokemon card. Yippee. Now I have the record but mm -hmm. you know I like you see it with um, toy collectors where they don't they don't just collect the toy they want the mold that it that you know molded the toy they want the um, pre-alpha sort of building blocks yeah yeah which is something that you can't get with Warhammer because they smash the molds when they stop uh, producing certain things yeah well uh, but yeah his favourite card is Ho-Oh <laughs> and he's oh, sorry his favourite Pokemon is Ho-Oh and he's hoping to get a pre-production card version of it you know what I fucking hope he gets it yeah yeah this was a an oddly heartwarming thing that I read. Like, the article was on Kotaku, so I was expecting something garbage, and uh, it turned out to be actually pretty wholesome. Read on a garbage platform, expect garbage news. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> but the last thing I'm going to talk about today is that on Wikipedia, there is an article that now has a citation needed. Oh? The article is called Got Your Nose, and the segment that is citation needed is that when you put your thumb back on the child's face to show them that you have not indeed got their nose anymore, that has been bad has been tagged with citation needed because... <laughs> Apparently, either someone on Wikipedia either has an immense sense of humour or zero sense of humour. Both of these are funny. <laughs> Let's hear it, lay it on me. <laughs> it's just, you don't have the child's nose anymore. Citation needed. <laughs> 
That's it. That's the joke. Yeah, you need to cite a source that people playing Got Your Nose no longer possess the noses of children. Well, here's the citation. You never had the nose in the first place, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your fucking thumb. <laughs> Goodness. Sorry, that tickled me. It tickled me fantastically. Oh, no, man, that's fine, man. You, you can't dictate what tickles you. Anyway, that's it from me and my week and, well, my fortnight, really, and what I've seen in the wide, wide world. How about you? How have you been? How's your week been? And what's been happening? Well, we already touched upon it, but I watched Spider-Verse. Good film. Highly recommend it. I want people to shut the fuck up about how it's the best superhero animated film ever because I feel like these people have not watched any other animated superhero movies. Yeah, people that say that have not watched the Batman ones. The Batman ones are great, but like I, I will always champion Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Sure, I, sure. I fucking... That's just Batman with extra steps. It's not, though. Batman's not hardly in it. Is he not? No, okay. it's, uh, it's a, um, a Constantine film. Sure. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, it, it, it involves such great gags as uh, Constantine side-by-side uh, side with Raven uh, hiding his face going, ah, oh, bollocks, that's me ex. Raven looks up and goes, Harley Quinn, ooh. <laughs> to which Constantine goes, what, do I look mad? And it was actually King Shark. <laughs> Watch Justice League Dark, any of them, but Apocalypse War is fucking mm, French kiss. French kiss, chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, other things I've done. Uh, fuck me, Rick, I watched an anime. Did you? Yeah, I finally got around to watching It's Your Boy, Kong Ming. Ah, yeah, cool. It's been on my to-do list for fucking ever. I had to watch the dub because reasons, um, but the dub was pretty good. Um, sure. I'm not sure how fun this series would be if you don't know fuck all about the Three Kingdoms, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the beginning of every episode, they pretty much sum up an event event that happened during the Three Kingdoms, and that event is then applicable to the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun. I, en- I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I want more anime like this. I'm going to have to do some research and see if there's something similar. That being said, this is a silly fucking premise, and they treat it like a silly premise. So They don't take it too seriously, but they don't take it too half-assed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Like, uh, they don't play it straight because they can't, but they uh, they give it the seriousness it deserves to not be stale. You may or may not know this, but I own a PS5. You do? And, uh, a certain not game has appeared on the PS5 this week. Yeah, I played this demo yesterday literally because I was like, well, fuck it, it'll make a podcast segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've not been that invested in FF16 because, you know, I, I haven't played a, Final Fa- a brand new Final Fantasy game since 13, and that was a disappointment. Yeah. But yes, I played the 16 demo. The soundtrack is great. The graphics are great. I was not worried about either of those things. The story is weird in that I want to know more, but the setup, because, hey, they, they do basically let you play the setup of the game uh, for the demo. The the, the background sure. stuff is such generic fantasy shit. I, I really wasn't into it. Um, That being said, they let you play a flash forward and then I'm and that that actually did hook me with plot wise because it felt like Final Fantasy sure sure so like you get to uh, play like chapter I'm, I'm inventing numbers but like chapter 3 of 30 rather than having to go through chapter 1 all the way it's one of those where you, you play the first two hours of the game that's normal once you've beaten that they go okay we realise that's probably not the best demo so here's level 15 content uh, because that's what yeah. level your character is they let you play a stage at level 15 with a bit more toys to play with basically and go wild have fun uh, it does spoil stuff that's going to happen later on in the game however that's a 10 level difference so it's not it's also not that big of a deal well it's either as close as you think it's going to be or much further away and they just scaled it down to level 15 it's not much further away okay I could promise you that because of the context of the story they, they give you enough clues with con- with story context that uh, you're like this can't actually be that far away but yeah let's talk about the gameplay I don't like 
action games. I want to, I, I want Final Fantasies to be turn-based forever. This fucking gameplay loop has me hooked. Sweet. What's it actually play like? I can't really describe it as anything. You attack with square, you cast magic with triangle, you press R1 to dodge. You got more advanced techniques, especially in the f flash forward, but that's basically the crux of it. It's not really a spoiler, but the big boss for the story demo is a Marlboro. Okay. And it's fun to fight. That's a real departure from Marlboro strategy. I mean, it's one of those where, because it's action, it's really easy to fucking avoid its bad breath attack. Yeah, you just step out of the way. In turn, basically, yeah, you just, you are where you are, and it will hit you, and you just have you no choice but to eat shit while your uh, status effects wear off. Yeah, pretty much, man. It's one of those, it's one of those. Um, fuck me, man. It suffers the FF problem as well of, it, yeah, it's a two-hour demo. One hour, 40 minutes of it is fucking cutscenes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good demo. I might buy this game, but I'm not pre-ordering because I'm not entirely sold. Hmm. <laughs> In other news, as in actual news, because we're moving on from personal shit. Yeah. Croc. Do you remember a game called Croc? Vaguely. Apparently, it's getting a HD remaster. Apparently, it's uh, it's in development, according to one of the creators. But he was very coy about it, so I don't know if this is just bollocks. Only a remaster, not a full-on remake. Well, he said remaster, but uh, I have a feeling some of these old-school game developers might not know what the difference is. Yeah. Like... For a game like Croc, you need a fucking remake. Yeah. Look at look at FromSoft. Difference between remake and remaster. Dark Souls 1 remaster is just Dark Souls 1 with HD textures and not even that HD. Um, Dark so Dark uh, Demon Souls remake is a full-on remake and it actually, you know, plays like a remake. Yeah, and that only had two gens. Croc is yeah. a game from the PlayStation 1. Yes. <laughs> it would come out during the PS5. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Granted, Crash had a bit of a different um, issue in that they lost the original code, so they had to make everything from the ground up anyway, so I think that's why they went remake instead of remaster. Yeah. <laughs> if you got the original code and you can be lazy, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. But yeah, I respect them like going the extra mile and actually doing the remake. I also think it's what got that studio the contract to do Crash 4, so... Sure. In slightly sadder news, and rather depressing news, uh, Rick, the Everest climbing season has finished. Has it? Yeah. Boy, it's fucking depressing um you, you've got these videos that the sherpas are sharing of all of these abandoned camps and the amount of litter and trash that just now lives on everest because fuck if they're gonna clean it oh yeah totally but like, even corpses they don't pick up corpses they become waypoints well they cut they can't pick up corpses it, usually corpses end up in positions that are too dangerous to retrieve and that's why they stay there yeah it's how they became corpses half the time the most infamous one of course being green boots which is a well-known raymark for everest mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um for those of you who don't know the everest Climbing, sisters, uh, climbing season lasts for about two weeks. That's when it's safe to approach the summit. Sure. And there's a combination of people being disrespectful and lazy and the fact that the Nepalese government gives out too many passes. Yeah, they do. So it's one of the, it's a combination of lazy fuckers leaving their shit all over the place and the fact that there's just so many of them doing it now. The Sherpas have been vocal for the last like three or four years that they are allowing too many people to climb Everest. And, you know, it's one of those annoying things things as well where you get a lot of influencers who just do it because you can just do that now. If you have enough money you can just pay the Sherpas to do most of the work for you. you still got to be relatively yeah. fit and be able to do the climb but they know safe routes that you can just go up. There's that infamous picture of the queue to get to the top of the fucking mountain. Yeah. <laughs> or just, you know, the Simpsons episode of um, Homer having to climb their version of Everest and the Sherpas do it all for him. Like They, they bundle him up into a sleeping bag and then climb on his behalf after when while he sleeps yeah and, and when he wakes up um, and the sherpas are asleep he goes get up you lazy sherpas <laughs> yep and then he uh, he wants to do it all on his own and they say well shouldn't you start from the bottom he's like nope <laughs> 
also, as soon as he says that um, the the two Sherpas are fired, they jump with joy and fuck off, and I don't blame them. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, there's been a couple of stories as well related to Everest where um, there was one chap who was filmed being saved from uh, from dying on Everest by a Sherpa who then went on TV in his in his native country. I want to say it was Malaysia, but I'm not sure, saying he didn't get saved, he did it all on his own and he's fine. When there's video footage on the internet of his life being saved, and I don't know why you'd lie about this. It's such a weird thing, but oh well. I, well, I'd like to think I'm not that much of a crazy person, but I'm not that much of a crazy person. <laughs> I mean, I know my limits. I There's no way in a hundred years I'd be able to climb Mount Everest. I wouldn't be able to climb fucking Ben Nevis. No, no. And that has a no. path. <laughs> Yeah, I can barely climb a cathedral and they have stairs. <laughs> but you know, like, the disrespect, man. Someone saved your life and you you can't even spare a thank you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, Jesus, man, the entitlement. There's another story of another climber who um, who got saved and refused to pay the saving fee, which is apparently a thousand of the local Lebanese currency, which is nothing. I would give you my life savings if you saved my life. <laughs> Take it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Basically, I think not just the Nepalese government, but people who think, well, I've got the money and the funds, I've got the time, I can probably do it, should all probably have a sit down and look at themselves and go, is this worth it? This is the tallest mountain in the world. It's hazardous. I would like to get Brian Blessed's fucking thoughts on the whole ordeal, who notoriously says that if you do Everest with oxygen tanks, you're a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, isn't he the um... oldest man to do it yeah there's like a combination of oldest man to do it and furthest reached without oxygen and the reason that he stopped was that he had to go and well he had a choice save someone's life or continue to the top and he chose saving someone's life mad respect I do love him <laughs> and, the, and the part where he went out on a line shat into the wind and it ended up in his hood <laughs> <laughs> they were camped out at night and yeah it's just like um he went out on a line and made sure he was away from the tent just shat into the universe and it was so windy it just blew right back and it was about 20 minutes later when he realized that there was like a lingering garbagey scent when they were back in the tent as this poo had not actually frozen and was still at uh, a warm temperature and diffusing through the tent never change brian blessed you crazy crazy bastard <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that he has intentions of climbing Everest again before he dies, but I've got to be honest with you, I, I don't know if that's a realistic expectation. Sure. Well, good luck to him. Absolutely good luck to him. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll be cheering for him if he does it, because, you know, it's an impressive feat no matter what, even if you are guided by Sherpas, you know? But, mm. uh, you know, he is a mountain climbing enthusiast. Yeah. Last but not least, Rick, we're going to end on... Um, uh, this is not a wrestling podcast. You already know the news. Yes, I do. The legendary, and I don't think that's arguable, Iron Sheik has passed away at the age of... Um, it was written down as 81, but other sources say 80. Do you want to know why? Go ahead, hit me with it. His passport d- the date of birth was March 15th, but he celebrates his birthday on September 9th due to his family alternating between calendars. Okay. He's 81 by most people's classifications, but by his classification, he was technically 80 because he celebrated his birthday in September. Yeah, absolutely. The Iron Sheik has left quite lived quite a fucking life let me tell you that he was uh, an Olympic trained wrestler he did try out for the Iranian uh, wrestling team but abandoned it and fled when uh, a, a certain member of the team just and mysteriously round up dead so he feared for his life and uh, mm-hmm, fled mm-hmm. to the United States where he became the assistant coach of the US Olympic squad like, again this guy's got such a storied life like he was the uh, he was the bodyguard for Shah Mohammad Reza Pahivi for several years who was the, the, the Shah of Iran for a long fucking time and apparently a 
pretty decent fella, uh, as far as Iranian officials go. I think you could probably credit Iron Sheik, along with uh, Nikolai Volkov, as being the standout, stereotypical foreign heels, like the blueprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's multi-decorated. He, he held the World Wrestling Federation title for a long time. He dropped the belt to one Hulk Hogan, and essentially kick-started his career. Mm. Uh, in his later life, uh, I think Iron Sheik could be described as batshit insane. Almost definitely a persona, like, that he put on for cameras. Totally, totally, totally. In his personal life, he was just fucking Bubba Shake. Like, he, he was a loving dad and a loving grandfather. Uh, he apparently passed away peacefully in his home in Georgia, which I think is probably the best way any person could ask to go. Mm. And, you know, just as far as, like, uh, wrestlers go, like, I'm looking at his um, history. He had one spa- He's had one wife, and he's been married to her since 1976. You look at any other wrestler, they've usually got, like, a dozen. Oh, totally, totally. So dedicated to the craft of wrestling. This is a story I heard. Him and a couple of young guys were on the card for an event at um, in Israel. Mm-hmm. They were super excited because the Iron Sheik is here. He's on the card. And at this point in his career, Iron Sheik probably wasn't doing much physically. But yeah, he was here and the crowd were getting impatient. So the booker of the event said, uh, uh, Sheik, go out and uh, and draw some heat. The Iron Sheik doesn't even fucking flinch. He just walks out and <laughs> he goes to the middle of the ring. He picks up a microphone. Uh, middle of Israel. <laughs> wow, what's the quickest way I can get heat? Adolf Hitler, number one. Oh boy, no. Oh, boos echo around the arena as he starts say uh, cheering on Adolf Hitler number one and he walks back backstage goes up to the motor and he goes good heat for Sheik yeah good heat Sheik (laughs) good heat (laughs) and you know apparently a very nice guy in real life Um, I think my favourite moment from Iron Sheik and I'm I'm damn near sure I've showed this to you before Rick he's doing a um, he's doing an interview with Mean Gene Oakland Um, it's it's for Thanksgiving so they've got a turkey in a cage and he picks up the turkey and goes look at turkey neck like Hulk Hogan he puts the turkey back in the thing the turkey does a gobble <laughs> and Iron Sheik just goes a turkey a patooey and spits on the turkey and Mean Gene Oakland just starts pissing himself <laughs> uh, oh. so that was the crux of uh, Iron Sheik promos is he'd say something he didn't like and go a patooey <laughs> like watch this guy's promos they're a mix of genius and fucking hilarious fueled by the cocaine binges of the 80s <laughs> uh, but yeah he'll be missed the wrestling world certainly mourned him Rick what are we doing today we're watching Wacky Races we're gonna do Seesaw to Arkansas Wacky Races season 1 episode 1 from the 60s 3 2 1 and go yeah I don't know about you Rick but for the longest time because you and I are notoriously not American um yes whenever I saw Arkansas written down I thought it was pronounced Arkansas because there's Kansas America explain <laughs> have you seen that one no I haven't there's, there's a uh, a lady pointing at her laptop screen and it's a map of America why is this one Kansas but this is not our Kansas. And then she just goes, America, explain! And just keeps bashing the screen with a, with a finger. <laughs> what do you mean in Arkansas? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> now, Rick, out of curiosity, who was your favourite favorite racky racer? Um, I liked the, um, the goths. You know, the, the, like, the monsters in the... Uh, I too the, like, like the gruesome twosome. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, although I do think the professor is just as much of a cheater as dastardly. But there's no rules. No. They're all dickheads. 
the things that Dastardly gets accused of for chase for cheating are things that the professor just does on the reg. Yeah. The thing I love the most is the Red Baron has a plane, but he he respects the rules enough to use it as a car. Yeah. <laughs> And again, here's the crux of every episode. Dick Dastardly gets into first place quite easily, usually, yeah. and then goes... Yeah, because he's got a rocket, <laughs> and then he stops to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> Seesaw? Oh, that's a, that's a cute little uh, opening animation. Yeah. Now, for those the of you who... Brothers, not Captain Caveman. Yeah, yeah. Well, it can't be Captain Caveman. That's uh, copyright infringement uh, of their own creation. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the, uh, yeah. the the Slag Brothers, of course, called Slag Brothers because slag is what you call the leftover, basically, shit when you melt rocks. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm pretty sure they didn't know the British version of slag oh, when yeah. they said that. I don't even know if the British version of slag was, uh, was a euphemism in the 60s. Uh, maybe. We'll find out. Will we? Actually, we won't find out in this. Uh, um, I can have a look. Surely the Arkansas Chuggabug will um will have a home field advantage in this race. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I as well, is like fucking picks. Peter Perfect usually always gets distracted by trying to fuck Penelope. Yes. It's like a three way thing. Um the Ant Hill mob are actually protecting Penelope usually. Well, they are in the Penelope show. Yeah. Um Peter Perfect is doing his best to do that, but also just wanting to flirt with her. Mm. But, um, yeah, Penelope got her own show, Dastardly got his own show, kind of telling that those are, like, the best ones. <laughs> yeah, because they're always tapped into the uh, police radios. Yeah, because they're fucking mobsters. Yeah. I like how their arms don't move. Yep. <laughs> Man, Dick Dastardly, the original Waluigi. Waluigi. <laughs> I don't know, man. Waluigi is usually pretty sportsmanlike. Like, oh, he totally is. Like, um. He gets shit on for being basically just a um the Luigi of Wario. And uh turns out that yeah, he's actually just up for um doing fun sports with friends. Like for Will, Raluigi doesn't get involved in politics. Raluigi is just like um w Wario's like, "Hey, do you want to help me fight Mario?" and Raluigi's like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay home and drink my rosé." It's like, "Okay, uh, to, uh, uh, by the way, are you still up for that tennis tournament on the weekend? And Waluigi's just straddling his racket going, fuck yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Goes to the Waluigi closet and yeah, there's the tennis racket, there's the golf clubs, there's the... Um, there's the moped for a... when he has to interrupt smash fights. Yeah. <laughs> there's his uh, collection of uh, vintage Mario Karts. Ha! <laughs> and... Um... His giant dice. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically the arsenal of a racket racer. Hmm. 
Definitely not Yogi Bear. Oh, definitely not. I respect the Arkansas duo just because they're the most lackadaisical motherfuckers in the world. Yeah, driving with the feet. <laughs> you see the fucking gobsmacked look on the fucking army surplus? Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be the three little bears or something? Maybe something like that, yeah. Oh, maybe witches. Oh, seven dwarves. Oh, seven dwarves, yeah, okay. Fuck, I feel bad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to our credit, we had not seen the seven anything before we guessed three bears. True. I forgot she was a southern dame. Hmm. Yeah, I'm lost. <laughs> yep. Does the, does the, does the yeah, concept of a tar pit not just freak you out? Kinda, yeah. Although it does make one of the better uh, Simpsons quotes of, uh, and now I will... Uh... Remove my arms with my face. Well, my personal favourite is uh, in Future Armor where they pick up Sylvester Stallone's skeleton in them. <laughs> oh, I see Mr. Stallone is with you. <laughs> yep, yep. Was that the same episode of um, Live Fast, Die Young, Leave a Beautiful Corpse and then Bender says you should say something else? I, d I generally don't remember. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Tar's black, not orange. Yeah. I suppose it could be a really dark brown, but either way, it shouldn't look like fucking Orange Aid. Yeah, it, sh yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't look like Orange Aid. <laughs> oh, the bacteria are doing something weird. That'd be a nightmare if that was a real fucking road. Yes. Apparently, they do have those. Yeah, but not quite that lavish, surely. Like, um, they're uh, they're called clover leaves for a reason. Like, it's like a uh, it does look like a four leaf clover of trying to get people from. Is that what a clover looks like to you, Rick? Okay, <laughs> but it doesn't look like that. But it does look like a four leaf clover when you get a clover leaf on the highway. Okay. The idea is, it's like instead of have a crossroad where people actually wait. You can just pull off your exit, go around the loop, and end up going um, per um, perpendicular. So this is why British patience should be admired. Yeah, but by the same token, they don't have to slow down because they're going full highway speed. Okay. 
Rick, America, the home of the ro- of the roadway accident. Oh yeah, yeah. But by the same token, again, they um, look at this bullshit. Their cities with cars in mind. Do you not think that the, the the larger gentleman in the gruesome twosome looks just a bit like Meatloaf? He does a bit. <laughs> Man, this has been before Meatloaf's time as well, wouldn't it? Jeez, yeah, 68. At least before his time as a famous person. Yeah. That's not fucking phallic. <laughs> Man, I was so mad the first time I found out that that was a rule that uh, when you're racing in real life, you know, on foot or whatever, if you stick your neck and your nose out forward, then the one who gets their nose over the line first wins. I was so mad. Why? Because I got my feet over the line before someone who knew that. Oh. But because he was a lanky fuck and he had a nose, like, he, he technically won. And it didn't matter! Because it was just PE one day, but I was so salty. Um, apparently, it just stuck with me for another thirty fucking years. Evidently, you're not you're not bothered. You're not bothered. You're super bothered. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. It bothers, bothers me, me a lot. It bothers me a lot. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, guys! Racky races always ends with a photo finish. Yep. Oh, what what a a gent. What a cocky bastard. He doesn't even seem that bothered (laughs) that he lost. No, he's not. He doesn't seem to be, no. So I remember there was a Racky Races video game where everyone got a special signature power-up for one of the power-ups, except for Dick Dastardly, whose special power-up was just the regular random pool, except he'd get two of them. Okay. Which is a shit special power. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, listen, sue the me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like fill a... a minute of time of fucking credits. Yeah, sorry, I was swallowing a drink. Yeah, the pull being obviously like the grappling hook where you can pull someone. Well, like latch onto someone. I assume. Eh? Why are you talking about a grappling hook? Uh, well, you said the run. You said he got two of two copies of the the uh, the basic pool, right? The basic pool, the pool of weapons. Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I understand now the where the uh, the conf- confusion came from. But by pool, I meant pool as in swing pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Just, um, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be one for the books. It pronounced the same when I hear it in your accent is the issue. <laughs> okay, I understand that. Like, I, once you explained what had happened, it's it's a, it's a regular who is the president of China. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the end of the episode, Rick. What did you think? It was fun. It was fine. Was it more coherent? than Dastardly and his flying machines maybe a little bit but at least Dastardly and his flying machines focused on the characters that it mattered whereas this was it was kind of all over the place but it kind of needed to be how about you what do you think yeah it kind of felt like a family guy episode in a bit in that all the jokes were cutaways oh yeah yeah it's like we're gonna cut away from the the race is secondary the race is the thing that's happening and that's why there's all these wacky races but uh, we're gonna cut away from the race so we can actually have these gags as well as the regular old visual gags of just like the little vampire dude pulling along the, uh, the thing Lumberjack
Jack guy using the beaver to do things. I've already forgotten that joke, mm-hmm. so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shall we do our regular rundown, Rick? Yeah, let's go. Give us your favourite moment. My favourite moment was, uh, I think it was actually just the end of Dastardly just posing for his shot with that shit-eating grin on his face. It was a good picture. <laughs> it was, it was a good picture. He strikes a good profile. Yeah, his ancestors being reputable adventurers and uh, war heroes. It works in his favour. Just, you know, this was the first and uh, he's the villain in this. Although at least he's fun. How about you? What was your favourite moment? My favourite moment really was the Ant Hill gang pretending to be Smurfs. Uh, dwarfs. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Palette swapped the costumes and they were just dressed as Smurfs. Yeah, they were. <laughs> but we can't only talk about the good, we also have to talk about the bad. Rick, do you have a weakest link for me? Uh, my weakest link, I think, is that um, Rock's lag just basically didn't exist at all in this episode. Like, they bonked each other a couple of times and that seems to have been pretty much it. That's just them existing. They just exist to bonk one another. <laughs> yeah, they exist to bonk and that's, that, that seems to be pretty much all they did. How about you? What was your weakest link? My weakest link was, yeah, it's one of those things where you've got a 10 minute episode, you've got a 11 races not every race is going to get a chance to shine yeah absolutely but there's also a fuck ton of episodes so yeah but you and I both know we don't like to end on a bad point we like to end on a highlight Rick who is your MVP my MVP is going to be the anthill mob in their entirety because I think they drove the episode more than anyone else as much as you might think dastardly did his dastardly stuff uh, the anthill mob were just as much of an uh, antagonist but also victim uh, then being chased by the police having to pull over uh, inhabit the seven dwarf house send Penelope off off, off on her merry way and uh, laugh as Dick Dastardly fell into a pool of uh, r- not radioactive mud tarpit yeah they called it a tarpit so, yeah. but it really fucking wasn't no <laughs> it was mud at worst but yeah how about you what was your who's your MVP I'm gonna give my MVP to the uh, the entirety of the animation department the visual gags were fun and it certainly was the highlight of the actual show yeah absolutely because um, I think we pointed out that when we were watching Catch the Pigeon the animation didn't look as good because most of it was Sky. Yeah. And this is not a dig at the animation studio. It's just the fact that the background could only ever be Sky, so it could only ever be not as good as Wacky Races. So, yeah, I, I agree. It was, a, it was a much better looking show this time. I mean, it's Hanna-Barbera. Our standards are high for Hanna-Barbera. Uh, it, this is their bread and butter. These were the cartoons that we watched growing up until we had enough of a personality to choose what cartoons we wanted to watch. And on that bombshell, if you just want to have a chat, we've got the comment section down below on YouTube. If you're not watching via YouTube, but instead listening via one of our many audio platforms you can instead send us an email where they said send email to Rick nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com once again that is nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com absolutely we look forward to hearing from you potentially or not we're going to keep doing our little podcast for funsies we'll see you again next week guys bye bye <laughs>